welcome to another edition of the uh, the House Ninety Four podcast. Um, man, we are coming off of a fantastic week. We put in three in the blocks last week. We did uh, Marriage One and Two. We did WAP, which today I just heard. And let me just read this so I get it right. Hold on. Mm-hmm. WAP is the number one song in. I want to say, hold on. 93 million U.S. streams in the opening week, which is a record, right? So obviously we know what we're talking about because we all love the song and all of that. So we just came off of a good week, put in three good things on Wax, and um, we're going to keep riding that wave uh, with a good commentary and a good guest and all of that. So uh, last week we had little Dickie from Philly who was fantastic. We're trying to stay with that Philly vibe, and obviously we got to stay with our Spelman vibe because we love our Spelmanites. So this week, We've got Monica Birch joining us. We can give, give a round of applause on that one. Uh, who's going to be our um, our softening tone uh, to the to, to this uh, this toxic male banter that we got going on in general? Now, before we go to Monica to give her intro, we're going to go through the crew. We got Cool K, my original roommate, 106 Hubert Hall from Gulfport, Mississippi. We got Jay Crump, and what was Crump from DC? Uh, we got Chuck from Oaktown, Too Short. We got Lou Bingham from New York, by way of Atlanta. And we got Quasi, also from D.C. And as Jay Crump and Quasi always say, they're from Maryland. Because uh, them accents <laughs> don't go nowhere. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> to kind of kick us off, uh, Ms. Birch, first of all, we appreciate you giving us the time and uh, coming on. We are blessed to have your presence today. Why don't you give us a brief overview of uh, who you are and why you're important to us? I'm not sure why I'm important to you guys, but... Um, all you had to say is because you went to Spelman. And you <laughs> well, um, I'm, I graduated from Spelman in 1995 and um, love Spelman. I'm in the Philadelphia area. I'm in the community development field, so I have a big um, investment in what success looks like in the region, especially for underserved communities, and I'm um, happy to be here. And we're happy to have you, and we love the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to do kind of a round robin. We've got several topics that we want to hit. We're going to start with COVID-19. Oh, and we're kind of in a rush because the DNC convention started tonight, so we're trying to get to that because we're going to bring you some really good, fresh content on the DNC later in the week, but we wanted to get this on wax so we don't miss anything. So we're going to start off with COVID-19 and uh, in Congress and these uh, sorry cocksuckers and how they have uh, failed to reach a deal to help the American people. Um, and they just went on recess. So, you know, we had our first round of, uh, of, of, uh, of COVID relief. They did PPP and they did the, uh, the stimulus checks to everybody. And um, they did the extended unemployment. And um, now that this is like run its course, and the virus has not run its course, they're basically saying, y'all need to figure out. And now they're trying to use this as a political football. You got the Republicans trying to say it costs too much. You got the Democrats saying it, we hadn't spent enough. And it's all bullshit and people in the streets hurting. So we're going to go around the horn a little bit and get everybody's take on what's going on. Uh, Jay Crump, I see you got your pensive look with your face. You know, like, you look like you've ready to like, light it up. So uh, why don't you kick us off, dog, and let us know what you think about these cocksuckers in Congress not doing any job. Well, I, I think it's uh, par for the course. I mean, actually, you've got two divisions. I mean, you've got this divided America. You've got a divided Congress. 
and now it has overlapped to the to the, uh, the postal service. And so now we got a situation where the U.S. Postal Service has now become political, the new political football. You know, so the issue now is okay whether or not uh, Trump is going to insert funding uh, so that the post office can you know, get the, the, the staff and the, the ability, the manpower to get these ballots out. Uh, he's decided he doesn't want to do that. And of course, the Democrats are up in arms. And so I think they're trying to call an emergency session. Pelosi's trying to call an emergency session this week uh, to pass a bill to uh, get some funding for the post office. So it, it's all a, a, a fucking shit show, man. It's, it's, you know, it's America at its demise right now, man. And uh, it, it, it just, it's gotten worse. It's, it started kind of kicked off with the pandemic. Then you had the George Floyd incident. And then the pandemic is run, is, is, it has, has inserted itself in different regions of the country and got worse. And, uh, and now we got the elections coming up and it's just like, man, it's like Babylon out this bitch. So that's what it is. Like, oh, I'm, you know what? I made second week in a row. I made the same mistake. It should always be ladies first. Miss <laughs> Burks, I apologize. No, that's okay. Let's start with you. Actually, can you you know give us your thoughts on this? Well, I mean the the Democrats and Republicans are far apart. I think the Democrats' proposed bill was three point four to three point seven trillion dollars. Republicans only want to spend about one trillion dollars. So they're very far apart, and um, the Democrats propose to make their bill around two trillion, but the Republicans aren't budging. So definitely, they're using this as political theater right now. Some of the things that the um, Democrats want to hire um, the six hundred dollar unemployment benefit that's been going on since the first um, bill took place, um, money for state and local governments, liability. Uh, let me see. There's school funding, US, uh, uh, postal service funding, and Republicans don't want to do it. So especially with the postal service and with the elections coming up, um, it's, you know, they're really playing into, I think, both sides, especially the Republicans are playing into their base. Um, right now. So um, they need to get out here. People, especially small, small businesses, individuals and families are hurting and struggling during this time. So rather than taking a break, they need to get back in there and try and make something happen. You know, this shit is crazy. Like normally when there's a national crisis, right, be it 9-11, a hurricane, you know, whatever the case may be, and, and, you know, different administrations have, have had different levels of success with their response to an event. But it's always been like, you know, you drop the party and it's all about being patriotic. Dude, Trump literally said he's not trying to fund any Democrat-run cities. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, dude, are you fucking serious right now? And, like, he's someone, he literally he wants to shut down the, the post office. So they can't effectively have a vote by mail system. He wants people to stand in line in this pandemic, which is like the, the craziest shit I've ever heard of. But I mean, honestly, Milwaukee was the best example because they shut down all the polling places in Milwaukee except for like one or two. And they had all these people like standing in line for hours on end to try to put their vote in. And guess what? They stood their ass in line to put their vote in. So y'all can try to choose if you want to. It's not going to fucking work. Hey, Lou, give me some action, dog. Talk about this uh, this weak-ass Congress. Um, with this uh, divisiveness, 
with the Republicans and the Democrats uh, trying to use whatever leverage they, they can at the detriment of the U.S. citizens. Um, I, I think it's clear the actions have shown that uh, they really don't care about their citizens um, calling the, they're insisting, I saw late last week that Trump was still, or maybe it was even this weekend, he was still insisting that uh, this virus is just gonna disappear. Um, and we're seeing the exact opposite um, occur. Shit, especially in Georgia, hell, they had to close the schools already, I heard, in Cherokee County. And a couple of, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, I think it went national. Uh, first week of school, um, teenage girl took a photo of how crowded it was in the hallway and only like two people. She got suspended. She got suspended and then uh, they realized the heat got turned on and they, uh, they let her back in. But uh, a number of those kids uh, turned up positive and uh, we're, we're just seeing the numbers escalate. Uh, I don't think Georgia has had um, a daily um, count where it hasn't been 3,000 to close to 4,000 new um, confirmations uh, of infected. Um, so I think what we were seeing, someone, someone said it earlier, that uh, it's just political theater. Um, you have the, the backdrop with the, um, the mailing votes, which the Democrats want. Um, they want more um, funding to, for uh, the COVID and the Democrats are opposed. So um, the Republicans will do- but Wait, 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 don't say they're opposed. Don't say they're opposed. The Democrats actually want the bill to be more robust. They're opposed to the figure that Blue Monica um, just laid out. So in order to leverage what they want, you know, they'll, they'll go through whatever measures they want to get the Democrats to be more um, feasible or, or accommodating to their, their demands. Yeah, I'm like, fuck that. This is time to stand up and say, nah. We're and can I just say shit. one thing in the background of all of this? Five of, I believe five more of uh, Trump's judicial picks were voted upon in the Senate. Oh, wow. So he's getting his people while y'all sleeping yeah so, so they got confirmed this week yeah i believe so yeah they i was reading about that today and, and that's and, and that's another thing that and i don't mean to skip you guys but that's another thing why this all this bullshit is going on people don't understand that that is the most serious thing uh that is affecting us that people don't even know about mm -hmm. the fact that he's under the carpet putting these uh, federal judicial nominees nominating these folks, and these folks are getting confirmed. And because once you change the makeup of the courts, man, it's a wrap. It is a wrap. And the civil rights era was based upon, you know, us using the courts. But if they become a situation where you have a far-right judiciary, you know, <laughs> essentially you can kiss your equal rights bye-bye. See, that's what happened in Milwaukee, and the thing that's crazy is, like, and this is going to be a nice lead into the thing about people complaining about Kamala Harris. This is our next topic. But people are complaining about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and how she's not black enough and she's not doing what she needs to do for black people. It's like, look, dude, you clearly don't understand politics because here's the score. Uh, when Republicans believe in tax cuts for the wealthiest individuals, right? 
you ain't got a million dollars that you can go get cash liquid today. If you're not in that class of people, there's no reason for you to vote for a fucking Republican. You know what I'm saying? They don't believe in infrastructure spending. It's going to create jobs that businesses are not going to create. Manufacturing companies are not going to create. They don't believe in they, they don't believe in helping out the fucking common man. And they are loading the fucking federal bench with radical right wing judges that are in their 30s. And they're going to be there for another 50 years. Those are lifetime appointments. But we can talk about reparations and shit later. We really should talk about that in, in the primary, but we can deal with that in another thing because we are not a monolithic voting group as black people. Unlike, you know, the, uh, the, the LGBTQ community, they tend, tend to vote together. You know, other ethnic groups, evangelicals, and a lot of other people vote together. We don't. We don't have that leverage to get what we need. So the only thing we worry about right now is just getting as much as we can get, and that's trying to go straight Democrat down the ticket. But cool, okay, jump in, give me something. Man, it's interesting, man. I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and we we, we talked about um, the courts, right? And this is really about where do we go as as, as Americans? You know, there's there's a sector in the country that believes, hey, you know, they want things as usual, and you see Trump is is uh, stacking the courts. They want things, you know, as they have been. And then you got the uh, in progressive of how we move the country forward, uh, the Democrats. Um, the bottom line, things have to change. And and I often hear people talking about Black Lives Matter. We talked about that earlier. Uh, but in, in, in America, is, is built on protests. It's built on you, you got to push forward. So it, it's, it's necessary, right? Um, this election is, is critical. It's, it's the soul of, of, of America. And we got to get out and vote. You got to vote your conscience. It's very important, you know. And I saw a statistic today that talked about they're expecting. Conscience, vote for Democrats. Vote for yeah, Democrats. I mean, you, you got to vote, vote your conscience. Your conscience is the soul of America. This is very important. All Americans, listen to me. You got the, the, the soul of the country is, is at stake. You got you, you to gotta fall in line. And I saw something that Dave said. They think this, this election right here, 150 million people are going to vote. And that's what I'm excited about. This country, you know, you got, there, there's no in-between. You either here or you either there. What you want all you, America? Stand up. As long as they're not crawling out in trailer parks, vote, I'm good. Chuck D, pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, these two parties. Hold on, wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Monica, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Chuck D, go ahead, dog. Pick it up. I didn't even say nothing. <laughs> nah, but, uh, uh, yeah, we have these two parties that are that are just hurting us. Um, they're just it's it's they're just treating us all like you know some prostitutes out there, and uh, it is and people are getting now in the inner cities. Well, I don't really like to say inner cities, but just people are going to start getting real desperate. And you know when that comes, when it, especially they lost their jobs. Uh, a lot of service industries and a lot of and the service industry is pretty big uh, across the board. And been decimated. yeah. And, and, and those people right there are contractor, independent contractors, small business, all those people are like hurting. They're getting desperate and they're going to lose everything. And, and that's a fear of the unknown that, it's going can it be something like the Great Depression? People living out on the streets, shelters, can't go to shelters. Those are already filled. So, you know, uh, 
they start, they going, yeah, they talking about the, the eviction protection, but still, I mean, you know. No, I mean, honestly, dog, what they need to do, if they could just bridge these people for three months so they could, like, starve out this pandemic. Because, like I said, I've been through pandemic training and I, I do pandemic mm-hmm. consulting for a living, right? Yeah. The scientists should tell you, if you listen to them, motherfuckers, all you got to do is starve this shit out for three solid months. Don't send the kids back to school. We can skip the football season. We can push that shit back a few months. We can all start playing football in the spring, whatever. Give us three months. Give us some rent relief and some and some eviction relief and some mortgage relief. And, dude, we'll come out of this all good. But they are so anxious to get back to work. Yeah, That's what's killing it. And it's yeah. like, you saw Georgia. They said, we got to go back to school. In, in Chicago, they're doing a virtual school for the first semester. Period. No questions whatsoever. And our numbers are pretty good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the the government is creating this. And the, our only hope is that the the, the Senate and the, well, the Congress is already on board. But it, the only hope is that the Senate gets on board after the election once they know that Trump is done. Because he's going to lose. Uh, once they know that his ass is done, hopefully they'll say, all right, let's try to make some shit that's going to help the American people before we get to January. Because... I'm just, can, keep, I'm just keeping. We can make it happen. I'm keeping my fingers that the crime rate doesn't increase. Well, I think I think uh, what we got to worry about. Yeah, I mean, what Chuck said, you, you're absolutely right. I, I did community service on Saturday, man, and uh, you know the news cycle has kind of, you know, they're always up to the newest, biggest thing. But um, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, they were talking about all these lines of people in food drives, lines of people. I mean, and you know, so you started to get, you know, this sense like, damn, this is really about to be bad and those lines haven't gone anywhere you know what i'm saying but the news is not covering anymore and so i'm up in a, a food drive doing community service on saturday and that shit is still crazy yeah. you know it's i mean for like three solid hours um there were these lines that stretched all the way to the beltway of people getting food man and they're not even covering that shit no more you know what i'm saying yeah. so it, it's bad out here if you're you know for those who are not you know, upper middle class, uh, you know, or the top 1%, man, it's a whole different life out here, man. Crazy. Come on, dog. Give me something. Well, man, I think everybody touched upon uh, a lot of key points. And, you know, I think the big start is, like we said, there's a lot going on with the whole COVID and then what's happening behind the scenes. And the Republicans play the game of distraction. You know, those court appointments, like Trump said, that's huge, man. We have to pay attention to what's going on on the, on the uh, judicial front as far as that's concerned. Uh, and, and at the same time, with COVID, be focused and take it serious enough that we take the necessary precautions to stay safe. But, uh, you know, again, what my biggest thing going on is Republicans play hardball. They like to distract us. They like to get us off topic off point, focus on things that they start passing all these things that for the next decades and centuries are going to adversely impact us. And we need to be acutely aware of what's going on instead of focusing on what's happening on the surface. That's what's up. Now, we got to switch gears a little bit. We should have started with this because this was like a burning issue, but I wanted to get on the COVID for a minute just talk about what Congress is doing. But been a lot of negative uh, reactions towards uh, our dear sister Kamala Harris. Um, and I kind of want to talk about, like, what's going on with that. I mean, to me, uh, it's disheartening because 
she is uh, extraordinarily well accomplished. Um, she she looks the part. She, you know, she's experienced. She's been in the Senate. She's won statewide elections. She's done everything she's got to do. And yet, for some of us, it's still not good enough. We got people complaining about her record as a DA, a prosecutor, and an attorney general, and all of that. And it's like, dude, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, you know, what'd you expect her to do? And I tell people all the time, like, you know, in, the, in that role, it's kind of like complaining to the garbage man for taking the garbage away. It's like, bro, the garbage is on the curb. I'm here to take it away. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what am I saying? But don't, don't, don't give me this garbage because it doesn't need to be picked up. Well, you put it on the curb. Um, I think it's all bullshit. And, and I'm deleting everybody on any of my social media platforms. Gives me any amount of bullshit about Kamala Harris. Your ass is your comment is deleted, and you are unfriended. And I'm, on a, and I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm looking square in the camera as I say it. But Miss <laughs> Birch, uh, we'll start with you. What do you think about your dear sister Kamala, and uh, and some of this negative backlash that she's got? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people, it, people just want something to complain about. Number one, when you talk about a law enforcement you know, person who's supposed to enforce the law, um, people aren't going to be happy no matter what they do. Either they didn't do enough or they did too much. It's never, no one's ever going to be happy. Also, people are acting like, you know, in this um, cancel culture that we have right now, Black Lives Matter, all the different movements that are going on right now, people are acting like legislation and things that occurred in the early 2000s, that wasn't the environment back then. Exactly. So she was working within the environment that she was in. I think that people are talking about, you know, I don't want to vote for her. I don't want to vote for Biden. They don't excite me. I would have preferred... Uh, Michelle Obama, somebody said, I would have preferred if Michelle Obama, I would have voted for her. But if she were the, the vice president, can, the person that was the vice president nominee, they would have been talking about her husband. You know, I mean, I think that when it comes to law enforcement, especially women and women of color, it's like there's an even more harsh criticism when it comes to that. In Philadelphia, there is an AKA that is the police um, commissioner. So you, you're dealing with the internal men network of um, and, the, and the sexism of law enforcement, and then the community also gives you a hard time. So it's, it's, it's two, two things. Um, people need to be focused on what's important. Trump is changing the composition of the courts. I mean, in four years time, 25% of the judges, federal judges, were appointed by Trump. 39% mm -hmm. were um, of existing ju federal judges um, appointed by Obama was over an eight year period. So if he gets in office, you know, I mean, there's gonna be some more retirements on the Supreme Court, you know, uh, appeals court, things like that. He's totally gonna change the landscape. So in the words of Allen Iverson, when he, you know, he talked about practice, it's like her record. Mm -hmm. We're talking about records. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's what's important now are these courts. Because if you think that her record was dismal, when Trump changes the courts, I mean, all bets is judges. off. So it picks those judges. Exactly. 
Well, two things I got from what you just said. One, there's a level of brilliance and excellence and elegance in spelling women that is like, it just comes through every time. And, you know, we appreciate your presence here. This is good shit. Um, but yeah, you are right about the courts. And I actually heard that Clarence Thomas was talking about retiring now so that Trump can replace him so that the next president, who is likely to be a Democrat, doesn't get to replace him when his dead black ass falls in the grave. Um, and it's hard to be so frank about it, but I don't fuck with Clarence Thomas at all. Clarence Thomas is the worst concept of blackness in existence. Anyway, um, so he won't retire during Trump's administration and try to get another conservative on the bench. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the opinions sorry, of man. Carl Bryant. Do not leave the opinion of Carl Bryant. <laughs> or any schools, but I can't fuck with Clarence Thomas, dog. <laughs> hey, cool. Give me something about uh, Kamala and these negative, uh, negative comments. Man, you, you got to look at it, man. Like, uh, our dear sister Monica talked about it, man. L- law enforcement, things change. She, people evolve. You know, we're not the same people. We were at 18, 25. We evolved. And she's evolved to look at the um, the the what happened when she thought a certain way. And in 2011, I think her perspective completely changed. And she became a role model of how you handle situations. Instead of sending guys to jail, let me sit you in the diversion program. Let me keep you in whoa, high whoa, whoa, school. Wait, wait, wait. Cool, cool, cool. Let me stop for one second. Hey, somebody look up real quick. When was Menace to Society released in Boys to the Hood? When was that released? Like the early 90s. Yeah. It was like 93 through 95. Yeah. Back, we, were, back we were in school, so it was like 93. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 93. I need right. to do and, some more research on when she was actually in office to see what the environment was like. Because if you remember back... In those days, it was tough. Crime was fucking out of control. Yeah. So go ahead, go ahead, let's go talk go about that. Let's yeah, talk about the crime bill. bill. The crime bill. The CDC was behind. It was supported that bill. The black church the black supported that bill. That bill. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So when people say this stuff, like, okay, she's this. No, everybody supported that bill because crime was tough. We did not know the consequences that it would have. Fast forward. Oh, that was a bad bill. We made a mistake. The big thing about it is a meeting. Admitting you made a mistake. Unfortunately, our president cannot admit when he makes a mistake. So you got to look at that. You know, that's that's being a human. No one, none of us is never perfect. So when I look at Miss um, Harris, our vice president, I, I I I'm I'm overjoyed. She has the credentials. Like she went to Howard. You know, she's she's a member of a, of an amazing sorority. I mean, she handled herself with class, and you know. And I, I saw her speech. You got to see her speech, man. When she, you know, I'm glad to be on on, on the ticket with Joe Biden. It was it, it was it, it had me feeling, oh my God, this is Obama's type of feeling. I mean, it, it was amazing. So I think she has the intellect. She has the um, the background. She understands who she is. She's not confused. I'm this. I'm this. Listen, I I am, I've been socialized in America as a black woman. That's who I am. You know what I mean? So don't get that confused. No, whoa, whoa, stop, whoa, 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 whoa. Ain't about socialize. She is a black woman. She's yeah, that's what I'm saying. She, excuse me, you're right. She's she black is. as hell. Right. Yeah. And so when so when Donald Trump says some things like she um, gotta put a hot comb on her head to get that hair straight. Right. So Donald Trump says that we gotta look into that. Like, come on, Donald Trump. You, you know what the deal is. So, man, listen. Um, all that noise about uh, Miss, uh, you know, Vice President Harris. Get rid of it. Listen. 
Joe Biden Harris gonna be in the, gonna be in the White House. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Chuck D, that's your home girl. Give us something. Uh, you know, of course, you know, I'm gonna be biased. I ain't even gonna lie. Uh, but I will describe, I mean, two, two things I'm gonna say about her. Uh, she's a very progressive person. One. Second, she's she's smart when it comes to crime. And I will yeah. add one more thing. Um, she's a forward thinker, man. I mean, you know, you can't hold just just we all do 180s and we all our, our views change and we can't we can't live in the past. We can't keep holding the past because we are not going to be able to get to the, our future and be successful and make America what it needs to be. And that's love, peace and happiness. <laughs> so, you know, of those, of those love, peace and soul. <laughs> but you know, it, uh, man, and she's man. I'm all the way with her, and I'm like you. I do agree with you, Carl. Anybody that's not feeling her, you know, dislike them. Yeah, fuck you if you don't like her. You know what I'm saying? Crump, just see you uh, rubbing the beard, dog. Look like you burning it out. What you got? Nah, I mean, you guys hit on the head. You know, I had my issues with Kamala, but you guys, um. You know the the. the Have we shown you the light, dog? Huh? No, nah, I mean. Have we shown you the light. I'm not the person. You know, I think that everybody has room to grow. At the end of the right. day, the prosecutor, <laughs> and as you know, I said before, I was like, I thought that she could use her discretion a little bit better. But when we look at back in the '90s, we were looking at a gang culture in California that was was astronomical. You know, and. There were folks in those communities in South Central LA, LA, East Oakland, and those places who were like they wanted somebody tough on crime, and so you can't. Man, they, they, had, they, had dudes they, they had dudes out there killing their girlfriend, their wife, and their boyfriend. Well, whatever they had, but I'm just saying is that they <laughs> this fool. But anyway, they had uh, crime that was you know I mean you remember the '90s is like Out of control man. talking about. Yeah you know, murder capital in every other city, it was exponential. The murder rate was like three or four times what it is now, you know, because of the mm-hmm. crack cocaine epidemic, all that stuff that was going on in the early 90s, early and mid 90s and late 80s for that matter. So, you know, the times had changed. And one of the things, the biggest critics of Kamala seems to be that younger, that millennial crowd who really wasn't, they weren't even around then, you know, born. they weren't even born. I mean, it's those folks, same folks who kind of went off on Hillary because her stance and there were these Bernie supporters, whatever, but they weren't even around. They were like, you know, toddlers at that time. Yeah. So we got to take that into uh, consideration. I took it into consideration. But at the, at, the, at the end of the day, we're not, you know, there's so much on the line right now. Fuck whatever problems you have with Kamala. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that this is an election that goes to the very soul, to the fabric of society, like Chris did. And, you know, you call yourself American. I don't get into all that patriotic bullshit, but the, the, the fact is, is that you've got to delve deep and say, what is right, man? What, at the end of the day, what is right? Who is there to at least help and assist the common man? And then who is out there just trying to be selfish and help themselves? Indeed. Question, pop in, dog. Well, you know, again, man, part of this is the stuff they're bringing up is the, is a distraction. But I'm going to go 
to the whole prosecution and track record and history. The fact of the matter is, man, Mrs. Harris is going for vice president. And we want someone in that position who is effective in the job, right? She was an effective prosecutor. You can, you don't have to agree with her track record, right? And, you know, she did what she did. She was effective, though. And I want somebody in the office and in any position that's going to be effective in their job. Certainly we have what was going on at that day and time. And like we're saying, crime and murder was at, you know, just an unbelievable, crazy clip back then. The thing is, again, her track record shows she was effective then. And then she evolved, as we talked about, by implementing plans as times change. So, again, let's look at what not just a record of, of, of counts of what bodies were in jail or what have you. Look at her effectiveness in the job and what level of effectiveness she'll be able to bring to the uh, vice president office here once elected. I like like my man Cool K said he was all on the affirmative with already putting her as the vice president. So let's get that issue. motion. Let's let's not get distracted by all of the little petty bullshit that we know the Republicans again are going to throw out there. You know they're going to try to throw up all kind of little things from her past to get us off. And and like Crump was just saying about the millennials, try to cater to them to get them off center and off focus. Let's stay the task. Let's get uh, solid behind her and make sure that we vote Biden and Harris in office. Get off the bullshit. I like this energy we got going on. Lou, keep us up there, man. Give us up real quick. Let's move on. Let's go. Yeah, uh, I may, may have misheard. I thought uh, I heard some allusions, uh, references to the 90s. Um, she wasn't uh, in office in the 90s. She came in the early 2000s. Point that I think Quasi just made about her effectiveness as a as a DA mm -hmm. uh, from 2004 to 2011, she um, was very effective. Um, and called to your point earlier about the garbage in the trash. My take on it is, if you're a criminal, shit, what you complaining for if you get if you get prosecuted and uh, sent to jail? I mean, that's weak. If they did the crime. Do the fucking time. Do the time, bitch. Um, exactly. So, um, in between 2004 and 2006, she was, had a 87% um, um, conviction rate for homicides mm -hmm. and 90% um, 90, 90 conviction rate for felony gun charges. Now, in her record, she was uh, she was harsh on um, on felony charges and murder charges. She did show some leniency uh, for marijuana if you had a first time charge. Uh, exactly. She didn't really, she didn't really prosecute. Um, go for convictions in those. If they were, they were very light sentences. Um, we already talked about the uh, reentry division that she came up with for 18 to 30 year olds, first time offenders who um, nonviolent crimes. In the bills, anti-sex, anti-sex community right. service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, she had to like the, uh, the also, program where she was like putting offenders like to work or going to some kind of program supposed to be going to jail. She, she also uh, was against death penalty. She ran on that. True to her word, there were a couple instances when a, uh, a cop was was shot and killed. There was um, heavy uh, pressure to go for the death sentence for that for that individual. She refused. Um, the community stood behind her. Um, so she's true to her word. 
Um, and then when she became the, the AG for California in 2011 through 2017, mm-hmm. she did some good things in the, um, on the financial side where she created the Mortgage Fraud Strike Force in 2011. Um, and then um, she also had a national uh, mortgage settlement where she was able to secure $18.4 billion in settlement fees from the five highest um, mortgage services, securing $2 billion for her uh, California uh, residents. Um, she didn't put Mnuchin in jail. That's my only gripe with her. But, you know, he'll be the mean, best one to jail in due time. That string of things that I just ran through are quite a bit of accomplishments. I'm seeing similarities uh, against uh, Kamala that was brought out against uh, Obama. We've seen the birtherism already uh, yep. come out. I saw now they're, uh, what they always alleged uh, with Obama and Biden, that they were coming for your guns. They're coming for our guns. They're saying uh, Kamala is uh, trying to get the, get the guns when she's trying to outlaw the uh, AR-15s. And they're saying, okay, if she's able to get the AR-15s, uh, you know she's going to come for the guns next, the hand handguns next. Yeah, um, which is all is all bullshit in itself. It actually, the Court of Appeals at, in, in uh, California just reversed course on the AR-15s and, and all that anyway. So, it's, you know, that's it's all craziness. I do want to check yeah. that on what you said, though, Ralu. I think it wasn't necessarily issues that she had on criminals. It was the issues that she had on police shootings. And um, there, were, there were quite, I mean, being California, there were a lot of police shootings um, that the community felt were unjustified. And I think a lot of the communities felt um, that she did not pros- go after prosecuting the police officers um, like she probably should have. And then there were issues with some convictions that she went over where she did not turn over exculpatory evidence to the defense. And so, you know, those are gray areas, but you know, that's it. I mean, those are things you, you can't be perfect on, but, um, but we do stand corrected. She did not become a prosecutor or the attorney DA until I believe 2003. But was she working in the prosecutor's office? Was she an assistant DA before that? No, before that she was working in, um, well, in 2003, she won the election. Prior to that, in 2000, she was working in city hall in the family and children's services division. Of the DA's um, office though? No, I don't think it was the DA's office. Uh, usually, uh, she was they, working. She was working primarily on child neglect and abuse. Okay, so yeah, that would have been probably the DA's office. They're just handling it on on behalf of the city, but in a different capacity. She's not on the murder side or the, or the criminal side there. But um, right. we got that. We, we got that down covered. Uh, moving on. So, Miss Birch, back to you, because we got to always be back to ladies first. <laughs> uh, provided that you're ready. Yeah, you're yeah, ready. ready. You're spellbinding. You good? Yeah, you good. Lights down with action. <laughs> so the polls are indicating that Trump is actually um, tightening the race, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine because you know who would vote for the cocksucker. But um, you know, it says the polls are tightening. Like, you some give us your take on like what's going on with the polls and like what the ticket needs to do to try to like widen this margin. You know, I, I think um, from the the Democratic perspective, um, everything that I don't know if it's the Russians. They say the Russians are interfering again, 
But, you know, people are putting out, especially on the Democratic side, the argument is that the ticket doesn't excite the base. You know, my counter argument is, well, if you if you if you showed up at the polls for the candidate that you wanted, maybe that candidate would have gotten in. But you didn't. So you can complain, but that doesn't equate to vote. So there's a lot of, especially um, with African-Americans who it's been demonstrated that we can weigh the vote in a certain direction, especially when we get out to vote. I mean, there's been instances, I know when uh, President Obama was running in office in Philadelphia, when I know people who ran for office for state rep, when you looked at the results of the election, they would just check off Obama and nothing else. So our vote can count, but people are not taking the time to become informed or educated on the issues. Um, they're just passing around misinformation or what they hear off sound bites. And um, that's the problem. I think we need, we do need to convince millennials um, and younger, I don't know what's uh, after the millennials, I don't know if it's Z or whatever, but we need to really convince them to get out to vote because um, they're the ones out right now protesting and doing everything like that. But when it comes to voting, a lot of times there's a gap with that. Um, Republicans, Trump is successful at maintaining Lying. his core base. Yeah. Um, also, as compared to the Democrats, who sometimes feel like, oh, you know, higher than thou or mightier than thou, sometimes I think we don't keep our eye on the prize. With Trump, the Republicans didn't like him at all, but they held their nose and voted for him because he was going to put in their agenda. He's putting in the judges, he did the taxes, and the things that he promised. And... Promises kept to, like a motherfucker. Yes, and we have to, Democrats have to keep educating people, especially the younger generations, because the older, we vote. Um, I think that the younger generation, you know, one of the things that I hate, especially in this day, is when they say, I'm not my ancestors, I'll F you up, and things of that nature, which I think is the most disrespectful thing ever. Because if it wasn't for our ancestors, they wouldn't be, on, be able to be on social media saying that. Indeed. So, you know, there's like a disconnect with them um, and we have to reach them somehow because I think that that makes a difference. Also, getting white suburban women to vote for Democrats because a lot in the last election, a lot of them voted uh, for their husband, even though there was a lot of sexist things that came out about that Trump said, they voted what their household said. So that's not happening now. That's not happening. Yeah, now. so but we don't know. We don't know that because uh, he's fucked too many prostitutes. He's done he's done <laughs> too much I, shit. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know about that, but I mean we, we, we definitely have work to do and um there's a lot of misinformation circulating and um we just have to make sure we try and encounter that. KB you sound like real you know you sound real positive. You know, they're saying, you know, we're going to win this and I and I'm with you. But, uh, you know, the, the topic of the conversation is that Trump is tightening up the polls. And one of the things Monica just mentioned was that there's this lack of uh, enthusiasm that's going on, you know, especially amongst our younger 
uh, people who are out there marching and protesting or whatever. And so how do you figure you're going to, we're going to do anything without those people coming and vote? That's going to be a huge problem. Because it's not. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, hold on. On one hand, we can talk about, you know, everything that Trump's done is, 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 has garnered and galvanized, you know, Democrats in a way. But we still have this situation where we got to get these young folks in the vote, in the polls. And so how do you, you know, what's your solution to that? Because that's a big issue. And the thing is, it it is and it's not. I mean, to me, um, well, if you think about how the Electoral College works, right? If you win a state by one vote, you get all the electors for that vote, for that state, right? So like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, there was about 60-something electoral votes that he got because he won, and there was within one percentage point. Um, Biden's not going to lose any of the states that Hillary Clinton won. He's going to carry Pennsylvania. That's his home state. He's going to carry Michigan because they are they flip back now. She and didn't win gonna... Pennsylvania. Huh? She didn't win Pennsylvania. No, no, no. They were 47-47. Oh, yeah. Was... It, was, it was close, yeah. Yeah, he won within a percentage point is what mm-hmm. I said. Oh, okay. So, you know, it was, it was a lot closer than the Electoral College results demonstrated. So it will be useful to get those kids out to get to, get the, to run up the, the popular vote. But I think we're going to be fine in the places that we need to be. And, um, you know, like I said, hopefully these kids will figure it out. But I think we're going to be fine regardless. Let me say something on this. Right. So I have I have a uh, so, so, so the terms so you got Generation X and you got Generation Z. Right. Generation Z. They're the ones. That's your, that's your oldest X. son. Right. Yeah, so he's a Z, right? So X is before him. So, so, so they, they're on the front lines marching. This is not right. You know, this, and if you look at Generation Z in, in, in the Black Lives Movement, it's a very diverse group, right? You look at how these, you look, look at how these kids grew up. They grew up totally different than we did. And the thing that I see that people are sleeping on, they are excited about voting. Absolutely. A lot of their parents are, are, are strong Trump supporters. Hey, son, this is what you got to do. This is how we make a little bit of say, Dad, hold on a second. Dad, I mean, that's not right. I don't agree with that, Dad. Yeah. Mom, that's not right. You guys have seen it on, on, on the IG. Mom, I don't, I don't agree with that, Mom. And, so, and, so, yeah. so, so, the, so, so the conscience of the country is really boiling over, and now we are a t- So, So my son, he can't, I mean, he voted in the DA election here in Atlanta. All, all his friends did. They are excited about the presidential election. So I think you got you got to look at us. We, we, we at one point, you know, we were the young guys, and we were at Morehouse. Oh, they're not going to vote. We got there, the Rodney King rise, and they're not going to vote. What do we do? We voting. Voting. Change my I'm voting. Well, but, voting. I, I, yeah. Here's the thing. What about these folks that Trump has enthused? You know, because I feel like there's a lot of folks who probably, you know, even in his last election may not have voted. But it's that it's that white male who, you know, sitting, you know, maybe in that trailer park or wherever, and he's drinking. As long as he's in Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, they can vote all they like. But But, what I'm saying is you have those folks who are enthused. like, man, I like what this dude Trump is doing. Hadn't even voted for him before, but now they've got people who are coming out the woodwork too. They're enthused by not the- Not not in this election. Not in this election. But Jay, I'm really, uh, to, I will say, I'm just coming at you as a worried person because I don't, I don't, I see it being very tight. I do too. I, I agree with yeah, you. I, it's, it's, it's tight. It's, I agree with you. It's very tight. But listen, 
150 million people are going to vote in this election. It's going to set a record number. Yeah. So all sides are going to come out, and this is going to be the conscience of the country on the forward. Everybody is energized. I and I'm excited about it. They, they just I like our chance. Yesterday, they did a study yesterday where, or yes, this last week, where Biden could win the popular vote by 5 million people. It's still lose. He won by like 3 million or 4 million, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That could all happen in that could all happen in California. But, but I will I will give I give I will give credit to Comichael that Generation Z, they they communicate and as far as the, the turnout for them, they're gonna be there because they do it through social media. And they always constantly putting out little information that we don't see because we're not in that we're not following that age. But they're they they're constantly my daughter's 15. She wish she could vote. So they're, you know, on their social media network, it's it's there. They 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 the ones that are old enough to vote, they're going to be there. I believe it. Quasi, so that may be the people that are polling. I, I make this one statement, and y'all remember this: Trump had his rally. It's going to be millions of people out here. It's going to be packed. The Generation Z is one that went on to his website. Oh, TikTok. give us a, t- give us a ticket. TikTok and fuck them up. Exactly. Who did that? Z did that. Exactly. He wanted to have all these people out and here. That's why oh, we're trying to ban TikTok. Exactly. exactly. The social media. I think Monica has something. No, that's what I was going to say. I mean, they may be, you know, when they're probably the generation that they're not, the pollsters aren't taken into consideration. If they actually come out via social media and putting it out for their friends to vote, then they could be like the wild card that no one expected you know what i mean so because i always wonder who what people are they polling because i know i've never been polled yeah i, I don't get a call I don't yeah know. so i i don't i don't know who yeah. they're polling but i mean i definitely think that you know that that generation could be the wild card in this whole thing because i mean they're able to convene people to do a pop-up a pop-up pop-up party on a bus in new york so who knows what else they can do and then the the one vote that uh, I mean the one poll that I think sparking this that uh, the polls are tightening was the CNN poll which showed forty nine percent for uh, Biden and uh, forty eight for Trump, um, but that might seem like an outlier. Again, I'm not sure where these um, these polls are. Um, that poll that CNN did was supposedly on fifteen unnamed battleground states. Where um, they showed that 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 tight lead for for Biden, but there were other polls, four other polls, or three other polls that show Biden up by ten, nine, and eleven percentage points. So it may be that that one poll um, is an outlier. Yeah, man, that shit ain't close. I, I'm with I'm with um, whoever said I, I think it's tighter than than what these polls say. I don't really trust the polls after last year. I mean, t- last election, 2016, um, Hillary was shown to be up and it was going to be a shoe-in. Y'all go ahead with that. MSNBC called the fact. Y'all go ahead with that. MSNBC called the fact that she was about to lose. They called it right before she lost. Uh, but they, yeah, but KB, I'm talking yeah. about weeks before the election. She was so weeks it. before, she was, a, she was a shoe-in. Weeks before, right. She was, never, and she then, was uh, never nine, ten points ahead. She was always within two or three points. But what no one oh, saw was the, the uh, oh, no one the even in the in the in the nascent in the nascent uh, Me Too era uh, that the white women, despite um, a week or two before the election, the the audio of Trump 
talking about I just grab him by the pee. Uh, I moved on her like a bitch. I mean, despite all that, collectively put her in, put uh, him in office. Um, so I, I don't underestimate um, the 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 quiet, uh, ashamed in the public to say I'm down with Trump, and then at the at the poll, do what they always do. Exactly, uh, they're gonna follow that man. Right, Quasi, give us some action, dog, on the way out. Well, I think this generation, this young generation, like we're saying, really is the wild card, and is is largely due to the social media and their ability to mobilize. Um, you know, they they have no problem utilizing social media and making sure that they pull their efforts together, and um, that's that's the real target. That's the real crowd that either party. If they want to have a legit shot of winning, needs to target and uh, adhere and cater to. I don't so know they, if they, if they're targeting that that uh, that youth. I know I get I get at least two texts a day from Joe Biden and Kamala yeah. Harris. Um, I don't know if they're targeting the youth in the same way. Yeah, I don't think they're targeting the youth. I don't they're think they're targeting them either. Well, we don't know that because we don't communicate the same way. So the youth. You know, they're very social media heavy and they use platforms like, I mean, I'm not on Snapchat or anything like that, but I mean, social media has been used in a bad way and good ways. So we don't even know because like even during the riots or the protests that turned people change into to riots in some areas, um, they were determining where they were going to go in the city based upon social media. Okay, exactly. we're going to go hit up this area and and go into these stores. They were going to head to West Philly and go to the Foot Locker. I mean, they were doing all of this on social media. And our generation isn't like, first of all, we're like, why would you put that on social? Like, you know, we don't understand that, but that's what they did. They put it all on social media. I mean, I'm not that demographic, so I didn't see any of it because of, you know, I'm not connected to the, you know, people who would do that, but that's a whole nother side of the, the social media and all the technology that that's just not my thing. So even if they are being targeted, it's probably, it's undetected to us because we're not that target audience. Um, so our queen, our uh, Spelman sister from the birthplace of black girl magic, you got any uh, parting shots to cut us out? Um, I guess I'll say number one, thank you guys for having me. I, I enjoyed myself today. Oh, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, hold on. Thank you for blessing us with your presence, but go ahead. <laughs> thank you. Um, I just want to say that my take, my takeaways from this or my takeaways from everybody watching this is number one. Um, if you have any issues with Kamala's um, performance or her record as a DA or a prosecutor, disregard that keep your eyes on the prize you know the republicans play chess when we're playing checkers don't let those people distract us from what we need to get done because we need more diversity we need diverse diverse courts and things of that nature that is like the utmost important issue is the sh the, the shape of our our courts and also our democracy is at risk so those are the most important things. So tell everybody, get out and vote. 
the end That's of the right. day. Appreciate you guys tuning in this week. You know what I'm saying? We uh, we, we we appreciate the attention and let you uh, let you like the podcast. The house the house ninety four dot com. The house ninety four podcast. IG, Twitter, all of that. Go in YouTube. Check it out. Subscribe. Like. Provide feedback. Let us know what you think. And shit. We'll see you next week. Art. Peace.